The Piastri drama is finally over. An American driver might finally join the F1 grid. Yuki offers fans a tin foil hat. And Ferrari will look like Nathan's hot dogs at the Temple of Speed. Let's jump the start. What's up, everybody? Welcome in Jump to Start Racing Podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with two of my closest friends. Yancey, how are you doing? Hi. Ruben? What's going on, guys? How you guys doing? On today's episode, we're going to talk Dutch Grand Prix and all of the uh, silliness around it, basically. And then, <laughs> speaking of silliness, silly season, it's just it's getting sillier and sillier as we uh, go along with the summer. And now that summer's over, it's even sillier, I guess. And then we'll also preview the Italian Grand Prix. Before we get into it, though, I want to make sure to mention, please follow us at Jump to Start F1 on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, please also leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It's the way that we are found by other F1 fans. And let's jump into it. Yancy, how was your weekend? Uh Mm. So I was home all weekend. Mm. Uh, Actually, sounds like fun. Very mild, <laughs> very mild symptoms, but uh, yeah. The times we live in, my friend. Feeling better now? Yes. Good because we shared that beer earlier. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Killed my entire Labor Day weekend, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, but you had so much fun the week before. Oh yeah, That's for sure. It's true. Yeah. Ruben, it was a three day weekend. <laughs> how was your weekend too short yeah what <laughs> <laughs> one more day would have been better <laughs> can never be happy bro. no 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 definitely can never be happy all right so let's jump into it the news yo silly season is it was already heated up now it's just burning hot so the resolution came in the oscar piastri saga is over he has been awarded, it makes him sound like an object, but he has been awarded over to McLaren uh, to race over there for the 2023 season. And uh, Alpine is out as far as being able to control his contract rights. What? Alpine gave him the freedom papers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the emancipation papers, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, Ruben, any thoughts on that? Uh, it's part of silly season. Obviously, you know, the. Uh, this is gonna this is gonna bring a lot of stuff in the back, in the back, you know, in the, in the back of everything for the teams to change and stuff like that. So, so to avoid this from happening again, watch. This is the classic case of you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yes, sir. Alpine thought that they can keep both Alonso and Piastri in their stable. They didn't want to give Alonso. What well, I think Alonso. Alonso wanted two years with an option for third. That's what Aston Martin gave him. They didn't want to give him that. So Alonso hightailed it out of there. <laughs> um, they wanted to put Piastri, instead of putting him in the Alpine, they wanted to put him at Williams to keep Alonso. However, Piastri's team found plans. a loophole out of his contract, and he said, you know what? Peace. I'm driving for a better team that will appreciate my talents. Ooh. Because, remember, 
Wang Yuzhou was part of the Alpine stable as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. He got annihilated by Piastri last year in the championship. In F2. In F2. And the person that got an F1 seat was Wang Yuzhou instead of Oscar Piastri. Mm. So, Alpine F'd up. They lost both drivers. Mm. Yeah. And they get what they deserve. And, of course, the drivers are going to go. We're going to do what's best for them. Mm -hmm. Because the teams always do what's best for them. There's always this talk about loyalty in, These in sports. Ain't loyal. But, <laughs> however, I understand that Alpine has invested millions of dollars in Piastri's career. In, in, in his, you know, coming up through the ranks. And I understand that. However, if Piastri does make it to F1 and he's a bomb, the team will drop him anyways. So yeah. loyalty, no. It's just a matter of like, what can, what have you done with me for me lately? And that's exactly the way the drivers, much like you see now um, in, in the sports here in the U.S., NFL, NBA, the players want a little bit more control over their career and they exercise it because they know that they drive the sport. And eventually that's no pun going, intended, right? Yeah. And and eventually that is exactly the attitude that the drivers are gonna take. They have an eccentric value and they bring the fans to the sport. Even Stefano Dominicali said that in an interview that he had with Sky Sports, I think it was during qualifying or one of the practice sessions. The fact that the drivers now can engage with the fans, especially now that they have drive to survive. They, that is their best marketing tool. And they can engage with fans and bring them in. Mm -hmm. So this is exactly what's going to happen now. Look, Atlanta. It is, it is, it is what it is. I mean, I mean, drivers know their value. They win in just, if you're Piastri and Alpine is just keeping you in the back burner and not letting you grow, that's the loyalty right there. So let's put it this way. Alpine offered him a reserve driver contract, which he didn't sign. Mm -hmm. Then, like Yancey said, you can go to Williams. You'll have a seat there. He said, hell no. That's Williams. They suck. I'm not going to do it. His uh, agreement expired. And then at that point, he was a free agent. Mark Webber and uh, Oscar were able to negotiate with McLaren. Was it Mark Webber? That's his coach. Yeah. yeah or his manager. It's his, it's his manager. And he's also the reserve driver for McLaren as well. Oh, yeah. that's right now? Well, he was the reserve driver for both McLaren and Alpine this okay. season. Oh, gotcha. Okay, okay. So wow. they had Good that agreement. connection yeah. already. And, you know, Mark Webber was an F1 for years. He's managing drivers now. Yeah. You know, talk to if you see an out for your driver, and especially remember the kind of caliber driver that we're talking about. Mind you, he hasn't, we haven't seen him much in mm -hmm. F1. He hasn't driven a race in F1. However, he is, as far as prospects coming in to F1, coming from the lower ranks, we're talking about somebody who won F3 in his first year, won F2 in his first year, and is sitting on the sidelines because he can't get a driver in F1. The last two drivers to do that were George Russell and Charles Leclerc, and the minute that they won the F2 championship, the next year they had a seat in F1. So 
Same thing what you said at the beginning. You can have your cake and eat it too. Or something. Yeah, along those same lines. So, yes, you also mentioned uh, Guan Yuzhou as a former Alpine test driver or reserve driver or driver academy, driver academy graduate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We also have Christian Lundgaard who came up in the same time frame as those guys. Mm-hmm. So, as all three of them. So, if I'm Oscar Piastri, I'm looking at these two guys like, yo, these guys came up in my same Alpine academy and I... St- you know, and they're not even racing for Alpine. Christian is over in Formula E, right? Isn't he in, in IndyCar? IndyCar? I'm sorry, Car, he's yeah. in IndyCar. Yeah. He didn't even get a seat in Formula One. Mm-hmm. What am I doing here, right? So, it just point paints another picture of Alpine. What the heck are you doing? You had three talented guys coming up and couldn't even find a seat for them in favor of. Granted, Fernando Alonso is an all-time great, but he's also an old-time great you know you gotta move forward <laughs> well that was the same conundrum that ferrari had with sebastian vettel mm-hmm. and charlotte claire what mercedes. um what mercedes had but the, instead of obviously they're not going to get a, rid of a reigning world champion in lewis hamilton but they got rid of botas who came up to the mercedes drivers academy but they already knew that if they left george russell another another year at williams they'll lose him because they can't get him a seat in the top team so, and I, we've seen what George Russell can do this year. Yep. So, with more reason, I mean, Toto, Toto Wolf made the right decision. And guess what? Esteban Ocon, same thing. They couldn't get him a seat. They C. couldn't get him a seat, but they had to let him go. They had to let him go, even though he was with... Uh, but Alpine. what Toto Wolf did was make sure... Racing point. That, first of all, when Valtteri left, remember there was this... When, when, when they chose to go with George Russell, there was this period of... Where was Botas going to go? Mm-hmm. Total Wolf behind the scenes was making sure that Valtteri Botas had a seat before they announced George Russell gotcha. at Alfa Romeo. And he also made sure that Ocon got a seat in F1 mm-hmm. before they let him go from their driver academy mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. with Alpine. Mm-hmm. So that's good ma- driver management. If you can't keep him, at least get him a seat because you brought them up. Well, he was Total also, Wolf knows their, what he's doing. I think he was also their agent. Right? Well, he's their, yeah, manager, he's their manager. But that's... But, but, but again, that's the if you have that example already in F one, mm-hmm. the same thing with with um, with Ferrari. Ferrari's drivers academy. Antonio Giovinazzi got a C. Charles Leclerc obviously got a C. M- Mick Schumacher got a C. Yeah, these that's the example that you're setting. So you have Mercedes and Ferrari putting and and Red Bull on top of I mean, that, Red Bull getting drivers from their academy into F one. Alpine hasn't done it yet. Why would you do? Why would you race for them? They haven't done it yet. So what's up? I think with so much, so many resources. The standard has so already been set. You must live up to that standard as far as drivers academy is concerned. The whole point of you drive uh, get, uh, joining a driver academy is eventually, if I'm good enough, I make it to F1. So they haven't put anybody in F1. So along those same lines, Total Wolf came out. He says that he's worried, about, not he didn't say this, but the headline is, Total Wolf is worried about what the Oscar Piastri drama means for the future of F1. And this is something that Ruben alluded to. In the background, it's going to cause some ripple effects. So the quote from him, what I really stand for, firm for is that all of us constructors are investing a lot of money in our junior programs. We invest human resources that go to the go-kart tracks, to the junior formulas, and in some cases, it's a little money, some cases, it's more. So... A guy like Total Wolf, who manages his manages drivers, and then also, like Yancy just said, make sure that these guys are placed in good, 
competitive teams or teams that are coming up, like we thought Alfa Romeo was. Mm-hmm. Now he's concerned that, you know what, this is the type of thing that's going to ruin it for us that are trying to develop young drivers to sit in our seats and we're paying good money for them. And then for the it's going to be a situation where the drivers are just going to get inflated ego more so than they already are. And they're going to think that they can just do whatever they want. But this is a natural progression of things in any sport league. Um, F1 was always an outlier because it was driven, obviously, by sponsors and money. And it was mm-hmm. always a, a gentleman, not, not a gentleman's club, but it was like, you know, it was like a, one of those like secret, <laughs> secret society type of things run by, you know, Bernie Ecclestone and the rest of the teams. But now if we've seen F1, especially after they got bought out by Liberty Media, they've had to look to the future to make the sport viable and make sure that their franchises are worth more than what they they were before mm-hmm. in order for them to have a future. Because before, the status quo was, okay, I have an F1 team, survive if you must. And how many teams have we seen, have we seen gone bust or being sold to, to other teams? And it's always been this revolving door. It's not like a Premier League or, or an NBA or an NFL where you have these set... Uh, teams that are franchises that make money every year, yeah. but they come in and compete every year, and they don't have, and they're not scared of going bankrupt. And that was the route that F1 had to take in order for it to become a viable sport. Now, with any sport, the people on the track or on the field are the ones that we as fans come to pay for and see. That is a marketable asset. That's why these guys get millions of dollars per year. Mm-hmm. So eventually, what happens is, as F1 made that step in becoming a viable sports league for years to come, where it, be- where it becomes more valuable every year, the, the product on the track is not necessarily the teams, are the drivers. Those are the personalities that drive fans into those stands. And that is worth money. And these drivers are going to know it. And things are going to change. Just the same way there wasn't free agency before for any player in the NFL or, uh, yeah, yeah. or in the MLB. The same thing happens now in the driver market. And it's going to keep evolving that way. It always, felt, it always feels like F1 is a step backwards from where the current sports market is. I think there always will be, though. No, they're, I mean, but they're catching up. No, but that's just the way things are done now. No, and well, the reason why I say this is because obviously this just came into my head when you were when you when you were you know when you were proving your point that you were meant comparing it to you know Premier League, NBA teams, and stuff like that. But they have home field advantage where they make a ton of money that way, and Formula One doesn't have that. That's a very good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so that's where point. a lot of the money gets driven to, as far as like when when the teams point. come to a home field, whatever advantage thing. You know, for example, baseball, half of the games are playing. You know, the Yankees, half of the games are played at home. Mm-hmm. They get revenue from all of that. Yeah. Formula One teams. That's a very good point. They yeah. don't. You know, like, I just, I'm just talking about maybe they do, maybe we don't know that, but their money you know gets they, brought in you by know sponsors. sponsors. TV rights. Yeah, but every other sport also has, has TV, TV rights. Has TV. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's no, where I, a majority of the money is, is made. You know, it's the TV it's, rights. It's, it's just super complex. It's how, going it's and, how, going that route. it's how, um, Bernie Ecclestone was able to elevate the sport worldwide because 
his way too. His way. I mean, obviously, it was all for him, but he knew that the TV rights was, was the moneymaker. And that's how the NFL makes their money. That's how a lot of the teams in the NFL get paid through is through TV rights. Because so, that's what brings in sponsors. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. brings in the eyeballs. There's still more silly season talk. Let's <laughs> yeah. do it. So, all right, we just talked about Alpine. We talked about Total Wolf. So, by the way, did you guys notice who was standing next to Total Wolf during Nick the race? Nick DeVries. Former McLaren Young Driver Academy from 2010 to 2019. Won the Formula E Championship, I think, in 2020. Well, he signed after he left McLaren. He signed with uh, with form with 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 Audi. No, with Audi. He signed with Audi, and then he and then he went to Mercedes in 2019. Yeah, when when Mercedes uh, came into Formula Formula E. E. Yep, Mm -hmm. he won the championship 2020 to 2021 season. Mm -hmm. And now, if it's me, I want to I want to get hooked up with Total Wolf too. If he got a seat for Esteban Ocon. Uh, George Russell, Valtteri Bottas, mm-hmm. why not, right? So, let's take a step back. Nick DeVries, right? Mm-hmm. Another Nick, Nick Latifi. Nick Latifi and Williams have understanding that uh, that understanding of what will be needed to keep him in the seat. It's simple, Latifi says. Uh, he needs to meet to, he needs to meet the criteria, and that is to just do better. It being so ambiguous, I don't think that he's going to meet it. And see you later. That seat's going to be open. He has a medal in a year and a half. What makes you think he's going to do it? I think that this last... uh, Damn, I should have brought it up. But I think that this last race was... He, again, finished last. Or I think he qualified last for like the fourth time in a row. Jesus. Just see you later, Nick Latifi. It was was nice knowing you. Just not good enough, man. And while Albon is is, is in Q3. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that seat's going to be open. Wouldn't be a bad spot for Nick DeVries to land in. Um, I thought he was also was a Williams test driver back in the day. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, there's also, so, okay. There's the open, quote-unquote, open Alpine seat. So, Ocon has come on record saying that he wants Schumacher as his teammate. But the path is fairly open, quote-unquote, fairly open for mm-hmm. Our boy, my boy, Pierre Gasly, the great Gasly. Yancy, yeah. how, do, how does Gasly get into that seat and who fills his seat at uh, AlphaTauri? The only way Gasly gets into that seat is if my boy, Corton Herta, currently an IndyCar driver, is granted his super license by the FIA because that's what Christian Horner said. That, that is the agreement. The agreement the is teams. is that if we can get Colton Herta into AlphaTauri, we release Gasly. You release Gasly, and Gasly goes to Alpine. Now, the minimum points that you can get that you have to uh, the, the have minimum to have points that you have to have yeah. super license is forty points to be to, to have a super to license. have a super license. Mm-hmm. Colton Herta has thirty four. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he has 34. Now, the argument here is... I'm well, glad I have 43, by the way. What happened? I'm glad I have 43, by the way. Oh, I have my listen. super license. You're still it's a travesty that you're not an F1 right now. <laughs> I'm too old. Too yeah. tall. I'm too tall. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, but there is a loophole. If you have 30 or more points, the FIA can grant you a super license 
on a special and not it's not it has to be like a special decision they got to meet up and things like that now it's important to go back why they created the super license system in the first place it was created in the 90s and it was to prevent these rich dudes to Nobody. just come into f1 and buy a seat right yeah like Lance Stroll, nick latifi yeah big surrogates are rocking why why guys. did they want to prevent them it was because F was pretty dangerous. You're going at 200 miles an hour. Yep. If you don't have enough training to drive these cars, you can easily kill yourself and others. So that's why the super license points come in. Now, um, a lot of teams, or well, a lot of people around F1, are against the FIA granting Colton Herta his why? super license. Why? Because it opens the floodgates. And it circumvents the whole stepping stone of mm -hmm. F3, F2 to F1, which is why it was created. However, I just want to go over the table here because I mean, obviously... Heard is, 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 where, is, is a no, he's not a nobody. He's, he's well, known already for racing. Well, here's the he's thing. A, you know, he has over 30 points. Let, let, let me get to it. Um... Based on what what place you get in certain series per year, mm -hmm. you get a certain amount of points. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I'm going to compare IndyCar and F2. Mm -hmm. To me, and if and I think if you if you <laughs> with blind eyes you can see this, obviously, IndyCar is a lot more challenging than F2. Okay, cars are way faster. You have a more variety of tracks. And the competition is a lot steeper because you're driving against professional drivers who've been doing this for a long time, which these cars obviously don't accelerate as fast as F1 cars, don't have the downforce of F1, but they're going pretty quick. And they do road courses, they do street courses, and they do ovals. And obviously ovals is driving around a circle, but when you're driving around in an oval at 200 miles an hour, if one thing goes wrong, shit could get pretty serious. And we've seen plenty we've seen of people... It not only get paralyzed or lose their life in an oval. Okay? Now, in F2, if you place first, second, or third, you get 40 points. In the championship. In the championship. Okay. You get 40 points. That is... 40 points on your super license. On your super license, meaning that you qualify for F1. So in first, second, or third on the final season standing, Sign, yeah. you get 40 points, you automatically get a super license. Correct. Okay. In IndyCar, first is 40, second is 30, third is 20. Okay. okay? Now, again, if you're looking at this from the outside in, you would say, listen, if this point system was created so drivers that do not qualify or cannot drive an F1 car don't come into F1, why wouldn't IndyCar, anybody who drives an IndyCar can get into an F1 car and drive it, not drive it quickly, but is a viable it. candidate to drive it. We've seen, as a matter of fact, the Indy 500 was part of the F1 championship for a number of years. Mm -hmm. We've seen plenty of drivers go back and forth from IndyCar to F1. Alonzo. Alonzo. We've seen Roman Grosjean, Marcus Erickson, and who else? I think Sebastian Bourdais from F1 to IndyCar. It's a professional driver series. 
you would argue it would probably be the second best open wheel driving series in the world. Open wheel. Why, if Colton Herta, who has seven IndyCar wins already, mm-hmm. I think he has 13 or 14 podiums, why wouldn't he be capable of getting into an F1 car and drive quickly and safely? And he's only six points away. And also the points that he has, he just doesn't have it because of this season. He's been accumulating, you know, just obviously just like the Jancy said, in F two they have the the way of awarding, I guess, you know, super license and stuff like that. But Cornhard has been accumulating the points from the past years as well. Like from twenty nineteen he has some points from there, twenty twenty and that that's where he landed to, to thirty something. He still could make make up some points and then in the next race, but I don't know if it's this weekend or the following weekend. He kind of he drives an F P one session. Yeah, no, he'll get some points for driving FP1, but he also, it's it's tricky to get the points. I mean, it's a disparity because it's different leagues. It's something that maybe for down the road for the future could be worked out, but we also said that if we we make changes, they open up the floodgates. I think it does. I think that uh, I think that he is a talented driver. I think that we've seen a lot of rookies come in and struggle in Formula One. We see Yuki Tsunoda struggle. We've seen Mick Schumacher the list goes on and on, right? I think that Colton Herta in this different class will really, really struggle. I think. But. I don't. Uh, yeah, he's 23 years old, wins races in IndyCar. Um, he's one of those young drivers that if he wasn't in the American system would probably, you know, be here in Europe, be here in Europe, be out in Europe and he can make his way up to F1. Um, there's also... I think he'll get the grant. There's a lot of things going on here, and a lot of things that... There's a lot of possibilities as far as why they want to sign Colton Herder. Obviously, we know that F1 is becoming quite popular here in the U.S. Fans here in the U.S. are yearning for an American driver. And the best American young driver at the moment, in the States, is Colton Herta. Um, So that's one aspect of it. Obviously, he's very marketable. The main sponsor, well, Red Bull now is called Oracle. Mm -hmm. uh, Red Bull Formula 1 F1 team. Oracle is an American company. Remember last week we spoke about 1&1, which is a German company. And we saw this in, I think it was last season and the season before. Uh, and Drive to Survive, where they said, oh, we'll be happy to sponsor you, Haas, we want if a German you driver. bring in a German driver. Gotcha. Pretty sure that those talks have been had with Red Bull and Oracle about bringing on an American driver. And if they can, and they can sign Colton Herta and put him in a seat in their young driver team, which would be AlphaTauri, mm-hmm. well, pretty sure. Where you could prove yourself. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And he's definitely a capable driver uh, to already, you know, drive an F1. Pretty sure that's a huge marketing opportunity and a huge coup for, for Red Bull Racing. The other aspect of this is that there are rumors that Dietrich Matisic, is it? The, 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 the owner of Red Bull, 
he wants to sell the sister team, which is Alpha Tori. Whoa. Uh oh. Whoa. Uh oh. Andretti. There you go. <laughs> so there's the connection. And we've also seen that there have been willing to give some stake over of Red Bull Racing. Sorry. That's to Porsche. Right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, Porsche listen, we'll talk about. there are a lot of, oh, what a web we weave type of things here. <laughs> yes, you definitely had the tempo hat. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, and Colton Herta is an Andretti driver. It is an Andretti driver. Yes, mm-hmm. is an Andretti. The one thing I wanted to say about IndyCar to Formula One is that the drivers in Formula One have so much more input as far as the car setup. I think that somebody coming from which is the same as F2 to F1, somebody coming from a fixed car, especially with one with less downforce, it's going to be a tough, tough transition to understand the feel. Even, even with practices, et cetera, it's going to take a lot of time to get into that. Okay, this is the way I want to set up, et cetera. Look how long it took for Perez, an experienced Formula One driver, to get used to that Red Bull. Look at Daniel Ricciardo at the McLaren and how long it took him in the Renault. But F2 is also a spec series. No, that's what he was saying. That's, that's yeah, what I said. F two oh, okay. and IndyCar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so imagine. That, but his point to the end was guys that were already in F one switch teams and they're struggling they're to struggling. adapt to that yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. And that, the, these are guys that are already used to the pace. Some of you know some of typical downforce. Mm-hmm. So now Colin Herder comes in. He yeah. not, not I, matriculated I, I, through the system. I actually think he will be granted the, you know the, the the status of the super license whatever, because we need an American driver in F one and mm-hmm. and now with the other point we got three races man next year we got three races I, we got Vegas be, Miami and Austin yeah they're going to make tons of money off of them yeah. all right so yeah. that's about thirty two minutes of silly season talk um, <laughs> <laughs> the other little bit of news just real quick so the Porsche and Red Bull F one plan seems to be just completely DOA. Why is that? The, the reason for it is actually exactly what Yancey and I debated when we first talked about this, when it was discovered in Morocco, the filing. <laughs> Morocco. They didn't have a clear plan as to how they wanted to set up the team and how they wanted to move forward. I said up front, there's no way Red Bull, the team that's, that won the driver championship last year and is going. winning right now and is winning the driver's championship, why would I give up my racing team to Porsche. I don't care about anything else, but, you know, there was anticipation they would provide the engine, the drivetrain, etc. But but Porsche is a winning racing team. Anywhere they go, they win. Well, well my point when we were debating this was Porsche is going to want to have a certain amount of control over the team. I guess Red Bull is not willing to give that up. They're, not. They're winning. They're winning. So, I mean, so it's a battle of Two huge teams that have winning pedigree. Uh, yeah, that's what's going to happen. And it's a different structure than the title sponsor, Audi, mm-hmm. who is going to essentially be taking over. Just like Alfa Romeo took over the Sauber team, they'll be taking over the Sauber team. Mm-hmm. It's very different from what the Porsche and Red Bull agreement would have been. But if you're successful, and it looks like you'll be successful until 2026, why rock the boat? Yeah, and it seems like Honda is perfectly willing to keep giving them engines as long as Red Bull is winning and they have Max Verstappen. Honda? Well, yeah. They're, they're Red Bull. Now it's Red Bull powertrain. Well, there you go. But it's still. But Honda is still. Honda announced that they're going to keep giving them support even after this year. 
Okay. And they have big HRC in the back, and they're still making hybrid engines. They're going to be hi- making hybrid engines here in America with, with IndyCar. So that is the future for now. I think that that deal is just going to go with Porsche working on the powertrain. That's it. They're not going to go for the Indy. I don't no, think the deal is going to happen. Porsche wants, to, Porsche wants to have a works team, man. Right. And Red Bull's saying, what's in it for me? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. It's not happening then. That's what right. I'm saying. Like, Porsche is one of those teams. Same thing with Audi. They want to have a works team, and that's exactly what they want, and that's that's why they're coming into F1. Ruben, hit the drop. Gentlemen, a short view back to the past. 30 years ago, <laughs> Nicky Lauda said, put him on the, That's it. Ruben oh, made me laugh. A few more words. <laughs> Ruben made me laugh. Because I wasn't, I wasn't well, expecting him to say it. Come on, man. <laughs> Place him in the cockpit, and he is able to drive the car. 20 years later, Sebastian... No, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ruben, your thoughts... On the race weekend, we were able to watch together at the Fayette Bar. Obviously, make sure to check it out if you're in New York City. Uh, the incidents that happened in the race, they were good for like, us to wake up. Like what? You know, the the safety card and the you know, birth certificate, did, you know, trigger a bunch of stuff to happen during the, the race that pretty much made us wake up. But in, in the actual race, it felt kind of dull in the middle of it. Nancy, what are your thoughts on the race weekend? Uh, I hate it when people start off with saying, you know, it's kind of boring race, but then the safety cars. Safety cars, for the most part, makes races interesting. That's what, that, that's the whole point of watching these I think, races. I think down the road we'll be headed that way. That yeah. we must have safety no cars. Way. Well, I mean, no way. That well, means that they failed. Well, I mean, uh, that's what they do here in the States. In NASCAR. Well, NASCAR and in IndyCar. Look at that. Yeah. So, I mean, um, Obviously, NASCAR, that shit is a joke, but um, but the race was fun. It was good. It was interesting. It uh, Even if it, if we didn't have the safety car, it was still going to be interesting at the end because um, Mercedes was deploying a very different strategy than what um, Ferrari and Red Bull were deploying, and it looked like Poor they Ferrari. were challenging for the win. Poor Ferrari. I thought um, the race weekend in general, so, all right, so the race weekend in general was kind of punctuated by these stupid flares. Guys, we get it. Like, don't throw them on the track, causing a red flag. They're qualifying. Like, let's, uh, what are we doing there? And then. Pigeons. Yeah, pigeons. Like, I feel like everything off track was, was, (laughs) there was just like, there was so much like just stuff flying around this weekend. Then, to, to me, I think that this is, this is a, a good base for a track. I think that it needs to undergo the Abu Dhabi treatment or the Australia treatment where it gets wider or they, they make it wider in certain aspects or in certain areas so that it can enable passing. There's only really one, one passing spot as the main straight on this yeah. whole track. Otherwise it's so twisty and turny, not in a good Austria way, but more in like a Hungary way in which it's high speed because it's banked, but you can't really, pass on those yeah it's um but i guess maybe it adds to the variety in the calendar yeah uh and and max needs to take like a 20 pace place grid penalty (laughs) something just to make it competitive yeah it's um i mean when you're when you're comparing it to budapest then now you're putting it in a category where it's like hungry monaco and zandvoort where strategy uh, would, really uh, wins. I would say Hungary, Singapore, and Zavor. Monaco is different. It's not really strategy really wins here. It's qualifying wins. 
Yeah, you could say that. But could you say that here? A strategy ones. Not not qualifying position? No. Where was Charles Leclerc? That's true. Well, Where was Carlos Sainz? Ferrari doing Ferrari things. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> qualifying wise, pace pace I I think it's a function of the track just kind of like Monaco where it's a short track it's a f- not like Monaco it's a fast track but because it's a short track the times are just so close between all the drivers Verstappen Leclerc and Sainz who are one two and three in qualifying were within one tenth of each other of like combined and then so Verstappen close. and Leclerc mm-hmm. set the record for the closest qualifying time from pole to second place with what was it one one hundredth of a second or like twelve thousandths of a second mm-hmm. something like that Jeez. Perez wh- where is this dude he's never been a great qualifier but he did steal that one qualifying session from Leclerc early in the season Bahrain right Bahrain yeah wow I think um, seems so long ago it seems like uh, uh, Perez is going down the same route uh, both houses didn't the pressure get into him no, it's not that the pressure is. It's that he's just not of you know he's he can be he can be good or he can be bad. He's not consistent. He's not a number one driver. He's a number two. He's a good number two. Same thing as Bottas. He's a good number. Did two you just driver. call him a number two? Yeah, that's exactly what he is. Poop emoji. I mean, <laughs> doesn't Max wear number one? On yeah, the, yeah, you're right. You're right. Number one on the on on his car. That's a, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. This is like he's perfect for Red Bull as far as being the second seat, being in the second seat because he obviously gets the points. He's a real, you know, he'll he'll bring the car home. He's a consistent point scorer. He's a team leader on a midfield team, but he's not a team leader in a, in a top team. That's exactly what Botas is. That's exactly what Sergio hmm. Perez is. It is what it is. He's just not as good as Max Verstappen. I mean, obviously we know he, I, I don't think he's as good as Max, but do you think that we, when you're on a team like Red Bull where most of the resources go to the number one driver, where does he? Where where's where's your head gonna be at in the during the race? Yeah, but you gotta earn that. Man. No, no, I, I understand that. Obviously, he has to do his part as well. But because remember, I'm just going back to us pretty much like the end of the year last year when mm-hmm. he was when he came out and said, "Hey, you know, they're pretty much the cars being done tailored to me to the way I like to drive." Could it be that Red Bull just said, "No, we're not doing that. You're gonna follow no, what Max I, is doing because Max is working." So a team like Red Bull, I, resources should be no problem. It's not like Williams or it's not gotcha. us. No, no, just just be just. I don't know. I, I, you earn that. You earn that distinction. If the car is going to be built around you, you earn it. Just like Max came into Red Bull and beat everybody. Just like Leclerc came into Ferrari and beat Seb. Gotcha. Just like Hamilton came into McLaren and beat Fernando Alonso. You earn that distinction. As a rookie. As a rookie. But, I mean, and he almost won the championship. What I'm saying is that if you... This whole thing about, oh, he's only good because he has a fast car. Dude, you earn a fast car because you drive well. No, no, that's no, plain no. and simple, man. And if you get the second seat, it's because you're a consistent point scorer. I love Altair Bottas, I love fucking uh, um, Perez, Perez, and it's the same. And that, and the reason why Kimi, and the, yeah, Kim, one, well, Kimi at at the end of his career, Kimi was one of those drivers who can who can drive drive anything and, and drive anything and mm-hmm. be super quick. You know, especially reason, money incentive. The reason why Ferrari. The reason why Ferrari signed Carlos Sainz because he cons- he's a consistent point scorer and would be a good number two to Leclerc, but he's obviously, but he's coming into the team and he's earning his own to the point where it, can you can you say oh can Carlos Sainz be the number one driver? But he's yeah. earning that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's earning that distinction. You come in and you earn that. Nobody's giving it to you. This is F one. 
is a pro- this is the top of the top, the pinnacle of motorsports. Right. You earn it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Don't smack me now. So, <laughs> as far as the race, Mercedes. Sorry, Ruben has a little bit of buffering. On the weekend. That's how they came. Ruben, we're going to have to make you earn the soundboard again? <laughs> <laughs> um, could Mercedes have won this race? Like on just raw pace? No. Do you think at the end of the race that reg- regardless of a safety car, do you think that Mercedes would have won this race? No. Yeah. Why, yeah? They were doing a one-stop strategy, and they would have been on the quicker tires at the end. You think so? Quicker tires on the end? I don't think they would have been. Yeah, because they started off on the mediums. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. They went on the hards. Mm -hmm. Everybody, uh, I think. This is what he said. Mm -hmm. Because he's saying if no incident kind of stuff would have happened. No incidents, yeah. 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 So I think they would have been on the harder tire, which was a better race tire. Even if... if, um, even if uh, I think what was what was the 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 um, I think they were gonna go on the on the mediums again. Red Bull was right. right. It was gonna be they started off on the soft, soft, yes. mediums. They went to mediums and they were gonna, and they go they were to gonna to switch. Softs. They were gonna go to softs. Yeah, but they would have been one two or mediums. But they so, they would have been one two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mercedes would have been one two on the on 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 the hard tires. They could go longer, and you don't know how long the soft would have would have would have gone. They they had a chance to win the race, or maybe Max Verstappen would have done the same thing he did now. But that's what, that's they had a, they had a better chance to win the race. So you're saying that Mercedes at the end would have been on the faster tire with 41 laps. On no, the they would have they would have had track position. That would that probably would have been their only chance to win the race. Just yeah. much like at the end of the race, why they kept Lewis Hamilton out was because he had track position. It would have been 43 laps on the hards for Lewis Hamilton. Um, I don't think they would have won the race. I, I think that they could have. They, they had a shot. I think that they could have. And I'm not I, saying they definitely would have, but they had a shot. There was a uh, uh, a graphic from uh, F1 data analysis, uh, F1 data analysis at uh, on Twitter, where if you compare all the lap times, he has like a... a I forgot what the graph is called, but he had it shows um, just the variance in all of the lap times. There was a big variance in the in the Mercedes uh, lap times, but that's just because towards the end of those medium tires, you know, they were starting to get slow. But those hard tires, they were hitting faster laps than anybody else. The two Mercedes mm-hmm. had the f- the fastest laps ahead of Max Verstappen, ahead of Charles Leclerc, throughout the whole race. I think that the delta that they were building up. And the delta of not having pitted twice if they would have made it to the end would have granted them the win if Lewis Hamilton was driving at another level. At times he was, and I don't think that throughout the whole race he was. And remember that Lewis Hamilton is a master at preserving tires. Better than Checo, I would say. No, Checo does that because he's slow. We're we're starting to see (laughs) But, I mean, that, you know, that's why you give at least Lewis Hamilton a fighting chance at winning the race. If that strategy had played out. It would have been one of those things where Max Verstappen was chasing them. His speed was crazy this His weekend. His speed was crazy this weekend. So, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, well, there's more to talk about, but just right. But you got to get past them. So, mm-hmm. okay. So the Mercedes. Well, where is my graphic? Okay, so the Mercedes Lewis Hamilton pitted from mediums. So they went way, 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 way long into the race from the start into uh, from the mediums into hard. So Russell went to lap 31. Hamilton went to lap 29. That was the longest of any drivers before their first pit stop. Mm-hmm. They had by track position first and second place, right? But by net, because they still had to pit, they were not, you know, the race leaders. Mm-hmm. So the Sunoda incident. Conspiracy or not a conspiracy? Did did Red Bull signal? <laughs> did Helmut Marco say, "Yo, if you want this seat next year, if you want to stay there, if you want to stay there, you know what you got to do." Um, my tire is perfectly fine. Looks like it, but if this can be proven, first of all, it'll be up there with. Uh, what was the the was the Spygate with uh, oh with the Bruno? Yeah, where where was, Spygate? Uh, That's uh, Bill Belichick no, no. and the Patriots. <laughs> Crashgate? Crashgate. Crashgate. There you go. Was Crashgate. Schumacher? No, no. Alonso. Piquet. Alonso. Where Piquet crashed on purpose. Piquet Junior. Yeah. Leclergate at Monaco too. He crashed yeah. on purpose. Crashed on purpose Le- so <laughs> Alonso can keep the lead in Singapore. Uh, <clears throat> so he. I mean, if this is discovered, obviously there are huge repercussions. You are leading the championship by 100 points, driver's championship by 100 points. You are leading the constructor's championship. I don't know how much, but it's a lot. Why would you risk that? Seems stupid to me just so Max could win at home, even though it looks like he was going to win at home anyways. No, there's no no conspiracy. Sure looks like it. It's just no. it's, The way he played out is super weird. He pulls over. Yeah. He thinks his race is over. He even almost, on he unlocks his seatbelt. Yeah, it says his tires messed up. Yeah. Oh, my tires are not fitted properly. Mm-hmm. No, your tires are fine. Come back. Goes back to the pits. Mm-hmm. Change the tires. Mm-hmm. And now they got to try to buckle him up. Mm-hmm. I think he went out. He's not properly buckled yet either. Yeah. So he goes and does what? One lap, two laps. Mm-hmm. And hey, no, no, no. Okay, pull over, pull over. And then. And then he, then the, the so it was revealed. Uh, after an investigation that his differential was broken. actually screwed up, broken. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so Nona, you're right, fine, sorry, there was an issue with your car, you know it better than anybody else as a uh, driver. qualified Formula One driver. But how much of a clown shows that at AlphaTauri if that happens and they don't know what the hell's going on? <sighs> so, regarding AlphaTauri, <laughs> I do want to say this. Driving around with uh, being unbuckled seatbelts, that means you get a reprimand. This yes. is Sunoda's fifth reprimand. Five reprimands mean you get a grid penalty. So he's receiving for the Italian Grand Prix a 10 place grid drop. So, yes, he was not on purpose. Jesus, so that means he'd probably be at the back of the grid the way he's qualifying lately. He'll be behind the back of the, <laughs> behind the He'll be behind the safety car. He'll be, behind the he'll be worse, worse, uh, worse than Alonzo when he was getting engine penalties at McLaren. <laughs> when he was getting 50 so, plus. The one thing I do want to talk about, the last thing I want to talk about with Mercedes, just to kind of speed this along, the decision to keep Hamilton out on mediums when, uh, so the, the whole Valtteri Bottas um, safety car, which we'll talk about in a few, there was that safety car, Max, Max Pitts, 
goals on softs. This is lap 57. I'm sorry, 56. Hamilton stays out on mediums, the mediums he had on from lap 48. And look, Russell. That's on the both of safety car. Correct, yeah. Okay. Russell goes around, does a lap, and then says, no, no, I want to pit, goes on to softs. It was first and second, Hamilton, Russell. Third was uh, Verstappen. That essentially repeats the Abu Dhabi, <laughs> Abu Dhabi finish. Of last year. Verstappen is on quicker tires. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on, on, on that whole thing and what happened there? Ruben, tell me, how do you feel about the whole George Russell thing? I think it's just showing how much experience he's been grabbing. As far as, obviously, he only had those tires about 10 laps, you know, the mediums. Nine. He, nine laps, because he was already on brand new mediums, coming from doing 31 laps on the new ones that he started the race in. And he's saying, hey, my tires, it looks like my tires are starting to go. I need to pit into pit. And the pit one didn't even question. Okay, box, 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 you know, pull over box. And you, you can't go no, you cannot fault him for it, even though it, it worked great. Because he is the one feeling the car, the way the car is going. And he worked out perfectly for him. It was selfish on his part. I don't think so. Selfish? Why? I don't think so. But, uh, but that's what a driver is supposed to be. This guy has gotten the experience that he needed in Williams, just rolling the dice and seeing what sticks. And they I think that this is, this is just a translation of a driver that had to do everything in his power to squeak out positions. To make it to 10th. To make it to 10th, barely. He finally scored yeah. points like after five years. <laughs> Selfish on his part. I don't think so. Absolutely. The only, listen. Listen, the only thing that I see is that, if what you said earlier to me, hey, Hamilton was leading the race. Why would you just give it up? You have to take the gamble on Hamilton's part. Listen. On Hamilton, yeah. All right, let, let's, play, let's play it out. Let's play it out. Because I think that, Mercedes had a fighting chance and probably could have scored more points as a team if both drivers stay out on the mediums ahead of Max Verstappen. The best that you can do is a 1-3. The worst that you can do is a 2-3. And they finished 2-4. So, if they both so pit. If, if, no, if no, none of them if, pit. If, if none of them pit. Or if they both pit, then, you have a, then uh, the best that you can do is a 2-3 as well. So I'm gonna throw a little, little, little thing out there. So Maybe, and that's and that's a given because then you have to come up behind the Ferraris. Correct. Leclerc. No, but you you're gonna so come up. They'll you're be gonna end behind the Ferrari they'll because be three, Leclerc four. was yeah. They'll end up three four because Leclerc was on. Leclerc was was gonna pass them both, but they gotta get past them. It, here's the thing: if remember that time time elapses and the and the mm -hmm. laps and the laps finish. So if Max has to fight Russell. Russell and Hamilton and Hamilton. Yeah, that only helps Ferrari. Hmm? That only it, helps Leclerc. Was, was Leclerc Leclerc was on mediums or he was on the Leclerc softs? was on softs. He pitted for the softs. Yeah, but probably what would maybe he doesn't get by, but you have a fighting chance. Okay, so you got what I'm trying to tell you. It's not a given that he was going to get past them. Yeah. It's just the same way. It's just the same way. Uh, maybe Russell puts up a defense for Hamilton, just the same way Perez put up a defense for Max. So while I was driving here, I was and then like, your tires go, and then Max, and then well, remember also to the to help to also keep Max behind you. Your tires are going to go too because you also got to fight to keep him behind you. He's on a faster car, you're on a slower car. But 
driving here, you know, to, to get together with you guys, I started watching a video on F1 TV. While driving. Okay. Yeah, while driving. Cool story. <laughs> Sorry. Well, your okay. tires went? <laughs> <laughs> so there was a, it was a video called The Weekend Debrief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was Is that with my boy James Vows? No, it wasn't oh. James Vows. It was, uh, uh, I think, Brundle's kit. Okay. Oh, it was. Uh, it wasn't F- the Mercedes. F one TV. F one TV. Yes. Oh, okay. So, him and the lady that that works for F one, they were going over all those different strategies. If no incident would have happened, where would Mercedes would have ended? Mm-hmm. If they did not pit, if there would have been, you know, the, the analysis that they were running and stuff like that, mm-hmm. he showed in the graph that it would have been three four. They would have been three four. Yeah, it's possible. Regardless, even if I'm, no incident, Max would have won to in their graphics. Yeah. Like that's how much. Yeah, I'm just playing it out because there's always like you know you if you're fighting for position your tires could go so maybe Max is not not that quick to get get up to Hamilton or maybe he does pass him so then you get a two three but then you also have Leclerc behind you maybe he passes him what I'm saying is that you have more of a fighting chance to get more points either a one three or a two or a two three rather than a two four for Mercedes mm-hmm. but then again Mercedes is at the point where like I just want to get points. Mm-hmm. You know, and they've but, been getting points steadily. But, but yes, it was selfish on George Russell's part no. because he was just thinking about himself. He wasn't thinking about his teammate who's in the lead. <laughs> but that's what drivers are supposed to do. It's the team's job to be like, nah, let's do it but this it was, way. It was the right call on his part. But, on right. his part, on Russell, yeah. And on Hamilton as well. On both sides, it was the right call. They, so, you can't give the lead. No, absolutely Correct. not. Especially so, on a track that supposedly you can't overtake. Because so, that's the other thing. This is, It's hard to overtake on this. What track. were your thoughts on Lewis Hamilton's reaction, Ruben? I think they were, maybe they were too early on his part without him knowing all the things that went into play for it to, to land that way. Because it'll be tough. Even if you tell the pit we're going to come in, the pit was going to say, hey, you are leading the race. It, I, I, we spoke about right now. Like It's tough to let go of the lead just to stop and give it to the faster car. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they let they let they let him out to dry. No, they didn't. I think the mistake was that so Verstappen pit pitted on fifty six, Russell yes. pitted on fifty seven. If they had pitted the lap before, we wouldn't be talking about this. Mercedes would have won. Even Hamilton, both of them double stack. Hmm. They double stack. Yeah, there was the double stack earlier as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so moving on, Ferrari. Dude, <clears throat> they took a. <laughs> third place Carlos Sainz um, qualifying and they turned it into an eighth place. The Well, he got so, a penalty. Ferrari as a team turned yeah. it into an eighth place. Yeah, yeah, he got a penalty. Dumbasses. So, the slow pit stop. What, Jancy, what happened? Defend your boys. How, the, come on, I, I, just, man, I can't defend the indefensible. <laughs> so, are you kidding me? Jancy, Congratulations, you played yourself. If you look at the video, okay, it was a super late call to the pit stop. I, I, we have to look at the no. video again. Yes, it was. So the guys, science is pulling. I, I would, I would love for you guys to look at the a replay. There's a video on, on, on when the article I was talking about. There's a video mm-hmm. on it, and you could clearly see even the the place the the video I was watching in the deep, debrief. They spoke about it. It was a late call. They re, the that side of the tire. This gentleman got caught between the people already that were out for the front tires and that tower that communicates. So he had to go around all of that to make it to the back of the car. <laughs> Look at the video. So the call to the pit crew usually comes around 23 to 24 seconds before the pit stop. But in this case, because we were reacting to Paris, it came later. We only gave our pit crew 17 seconds to react. The two best teams on the grid are not what is reflected in the standings. 
right now. The two best teams are Red Bull and Mercedes. Yes. The only thing is that Mercedes has a slow car right now, a slower car than, than Ferrari. Okay, Ferrari has a quick car, but their team sucks. Their strategist sucks. Their pit wall can't get it together. And it seems like Bernardo, everything is out of control. Is the is the Ferrari that much faster than the Mercedes? Right now, I don't think so. No, right now, it, it no. Depends but the track, the, yeah, it depends on the track, I think. Yeah, there you go. It's track dependent on but, but they were at the beginning of the year by Probably. far. Mm-hmm. And Ferrari that's was you're leading the points to, in the beginning. Uh, my point exactly. My point exactly. You have a good car, but your team sucks. They mess up strategy. They mess up the they mess up the pits all the time. And if it's not those two, your drivers are messing up on track. So last week we had a uh, speeding in the uh, pit lane. This week we had uh, unsafe release in which Carlos Sainz said, and I quote, "I thought I saved someone's life by driving slow and trying to go around the McLaren." Uh, yes. If you're trying to win a championship. Everything must click. Yes, you're right on that. And Ferrari is not going to win the championship because nothing is clicking. Not even their drivers are driving well because they're not consistent. Going back to the Pittington, if you look at the video, the front tire have already been changed. The guy is still stuck behind that tower where they're trying to go around the tires. And you just to... said this. Yo, dude, no, no, why, just like, why are just we bring... reliving this? <laughs> yeah, you just said this. To you, Jens. Did somebody press rewind? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I don't know if you watch the video. The <laughs> Anything else to talk about this uh, Grand Prix? It's now a coronation, I guess, for Max and Red Bull. Will, um, will Lewis Hamilton win a race this year? Yes. I I think so. I think so. Based on this week's performance, I think so. Yes. I think so. And, and honestly, I, I would want him to win at least one race so he can keep that streak alive. I think it'll come in like Japan, maybe even Kota. Oh. I think Red Bull's going to run away with Kota. Yeah. They're going to run away with Mexico. We know that. Maybe Brazil. He's going to win one. Maybe maybe Brazil because Brazil's not as long. But I mean, when you have those long, fast tracks, man. Especially but the straights that that Coda has, and Japan and Brazil are kind of similar, similar to what we're just coming off of at the Zanvoort. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see. Uh, or, or maybe Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Definitely, I mean that might be because Abu Dhabi is, you know, is one of those tracks where if they, but well, that's the thing, like nobody's qualified at that well. point. Yeah, but we just want to win. We want to see a Lewis Hamilton win at least he can keep the streak alive. Okay, uh, Lando be, Norris, you deserve be better. Oh, yeah, Seventh sorry. place at the McLaren. Uh, Fernando Alonso, sixth. He just keeps delivering this freaking guy. Okay, it's so Fernando Alonso. let's move on to Alonso being Alonso. The Italian Grand Prix. He can still win a championship. Preview. Monza, baby. Ba 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 ba. Trivia time. Trivia. Okay. All right, let's go with a, what I think is an easy question. So, Ferrari is the most successful constructor at this track. Can you tell me who follows them on the list? Williams. I think Ferrari has Red Bull. 21. Red Bull. No, McLaren. McLaren has 11. What was, who was third? Uh, third, I have to do check. I didn't mean right down. Okay. Wow. But I'll let you know in, in, the, in the history part. Okay. I have it written down there. Yeah. 
Name the current F1 driver and Formula One champion to have his first win at this track. Current Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. Sebastian Vettel on eight for Toro Rosso. Yeah. There's also seven more drivers that share the same, I guess, privilege of winning his first win. You know, to, along the list are Montoya, Jackie Stewart, and more recently, Pierre Gasly. But he's not a champion. Yeah, they're not champion. Future champion with Alpine. <laughs> 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 With the Great Gasly. Name the current F1 driver in 2020 to set the fastest ever recorded lap on a Formula One car. Oh, whoa, whoa. repeat that again. It's Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> repeat it again. Name the current F1 driver in 2020 to set the fastest ever recorded lap speed-wise on a Formula One car. Amanza? Yeah. Uh, Botas. No, Lewis Hamilton, who did it in his pole lap, and he averaged a speed of two hundred sixty-four point three six three. Oh, that was close. Was it Mercedes? I thought it was Bottas that did it for some reason. So, coming up for this weekend's qualifying. So I found this question. It's gonna be super tough to answer, but in nineteen seventy-one, mm. slipstreaming or getting a tow mode, like we call now. He actually made that race a classic. Can you tell me what was the margin of victory in that race? It's also the Formula One record for the closest finish ever. Uh, seven hundredths of a second. I don't even know how to, how to like guess that. How do you get that like exactly? So I would say less than a second. Yes, it was closer to that. It was zero point zero one. Stop. One thousand, one thousandth of a second. Yep. Jeez. And the, the the front three was split that, by. That's what it is. One thousand. So zero. Points. Zero point zero one is one hundredth. One hundredth of a second. Okay. And then, the following one came zero point one eight. What? The, that, that's close, <laughs> bro. What the hell was that? Like a three way fight? As three so that was at the it end. Was, it was tough. That was race. I wonder if they have video of that. That would be cool to see though. Hell yeah. Because imagine now it has to be the coming down three wide. I've only <laughs> right. What? I mean, I've never seen. The, I've never. I mean, I've, the time I've been and they're getting F, toes. The time I've been following <laughs> F one, I've never seen a, a, a finish that close. Or oh, maybe what's for second place with Bottas and Stroll. Um, yeah. In in IndyCar, I've seen a lot. I've seen, and I also saw it in in, in Formula E as well. That's, it's crazy. In IndyCar, you see it a lot at uh in uh. In the in the ovals, you get like two or three wide sometimes. What else we got, Ruben? No, that's it. Now, guys, a little bit of history. Obviously, we're going to Monza. It's one of the first, one of the original F1 tracks. Temple of Speed. Yes, sir. It was completed. The original track was completed back in 1922. But obviously, you know, because of safety concerns. Wow, so it's 100 years. Yeah. That's, did that. it have the banking at that point? Yes. Yeah. It was a pretty much, a, the original track was 10 kilometers long. The banking area was four and a half kilometers. By the way. Holy crap. Fun fact. And it's right? still there. The banking at Zanvor is 13 degrees, I believe. Okay. Mm -hmm. The banking in cool. Monza is 30 degrees. That's crazy. That's insane. So the banking area part of the track was used That's all like the way to. Pocono Speedway banking. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. 1960. Um, I wish I mentioned that it was. One of the original tracks, you know, since Formula One started in 1950, he has only missed once 
and that was in 1980 when they were bringing in new pits. They, they were rebuilding, I guess, the the pit area. The yeah, another another name used for months. Obviously, on Jansen said earlier, it's the Temple of Speed, and it's also the fastest circuit in Formula One. Yeah, and where the drivers are over 75 percent full throttle in a lap. That's crazy. Most win by drivers is Schumacher and Hamilton, tied with five. Followed by Manesson Piquet with four. Most win by constructors, Ferrari with 20. Mm-hmm. McLaren, 11. Mercedes with nine. Wow! For real? They already have nine. That's, That's crazy. Mercedes, uh, most wins by any manufacturer. Ferrari has 21 wins. Uh-huh. By con- for constructors, they won-, won 20 times. Uh, Mercedes has 15, and Alfa Romeo has nine. That's the closest. And it goes to show you how dominant Mercedes has been the past few years. Because yes. they were out of F1 <laughs> for, for, for since 1950-something. <laughs> Who's the last Ferrari winner of Monza? Italian Grand Prix. You should know this. I don't know it. Come on, Kimmy. Fucking to Leclerc. Dude. Leclerc, yeah, a couple I, years ago. Okay, <laughs> that was the second win, right after Spa, right after uh, Antoine. Oh, with the cheating engine. Cheating engine. Mm-hmm. Cheating engine. <sighs> okay, predictions. <laughs> Qualifying. Uh, it's got to be the two Red Bulls at the top, right? Max and Sergio. Even though he's been slow. I don't slow, have no faith in Sergio. I don't have any faith in him either. But I'll like that you. car. Dude, the car, it was nine kilometers per hour faster on the straight in in the in Dutch Grand Prix than the other cars. It's insane how fast they are. Qualify, I'm going for Max, Leclerc, Perez. I'm going Max, Perez, Leclerc. Yeah, Max, Leclerc, and Perez. Um, I, I think... Uh, Paris is gonna mess up somehow. <laughs> but he always does. He yeah. messed up the last grand, uh, the that, last qualifying. That, that, that's why I put Leclerc second. If it was on straight speed, like he's not gonna mess up. Rebel card. And race. Forget about it. A race. I think it's gonna be um, Max George Leclerc. Same. George. Whoa. Same as last time, dude. George is George Kidding. has just been so unbelievable. So unbelievable. He's going to be pushing, man. He's going to be pushing to end up second in the championship. Watch. Jeez. I'll say for the race, for me, will be Max, Charles, Sainz. We need something back from Sainz. Red Bull 1-2, I think third place is going to be Hamilton. Whoa. Okay. Speed. It's going to be a dis- difficult and disappointing week. Another difficult and disappointing week. For Ferrari. Dude, at home, yo, they're t- t- Tafosi's going to riot. <laughs> yes, he's going to fly out there to riot. <laughs> no, dude, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm, You're I'm, already. I'm done. He's divested. I'm, yeah, I'm divested. No, there's no point. I'm not. I, zero stress for me from that. Team. There's basically three races left. Italian Grand Prix, Singapore Grand Prix, and Japanese Grand Prix. And Max is going to clinch this championship. Jesus. Max needs three more wins to win the championship. He may not clinch it in three wins, but he will. If he wins three wins, that's for sure lock. He's gonna win the championship. So he needs three more wins. He's got. But last time I said four, he got one already. So he's got to win and Leclerc to get second. Because if Leclerc doesn't get second and he if he DNFs, like it's pretty much over. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, but to clinch it, it's three wins. That's that's all he needs. Three more wins. He needs. He's done. Imagine winning Japan. And winning the title there in Japan with well, Honda, you know, that, with Honda, oh, that would be so wow. Crazy. The thing is crazy. that even if he wins in, let's say he wins the next three races, he won't clinch it because there's gonna be teams that mathematically can be in it if he DNFs for the next I don't know how many free no. races. So I mean, no, and you know that's not gonna happen. 
No, I think he cl- well, whatever. I think he clinches it. In Japan? Mathematically. If he wins the next three races, he definitely clinches. Yeah. He's up 109 points right now. 26 times 4 is 104. And then it'll be the Brazilian Brazilian Grand Prix uh, sprint race. Mm -hmm. That makes it 114. So he's up 109 now. Yeah. So three wins he clinches. Yeah. Done. And imagine if then the closest guy to him, Leclerc, Falls even further down in second or third place, you know, well, third, fourth, fifth place. Yeah, well, Perez and Leclerc are tied, but Perez, he's going to get, it, no. it's not even going to matter. So Perez, Perez and Leclerc is are tied, and, and Leclerc gets the tiebreaker because he has more wins. It's, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. But, uh, you know, whatever. it's not going to matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, I just hope that Leclerc maybe just comes in second. That, that's nah, not happening. At George Jump Russell. to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to follow, like, subscribe, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Have you guys left reviews? I don't think so. I want to make sure you guys leave a review. And I'm talking to Yes here, Ruben. Make sure to leave a review. Um, anything else, boys? It's race week. A Mercedes is only 30 points behind Ferrari and the constructors. <laughs> Better not DNF. <laughs> oh yeah and ferrari is going to be sporting yellow and black livery to commemorate uh whatever a hundred years of monza i guess it's a mustard franchise they need to start mustard and ketchup <laughs> <laughs> looking like minions <laughs> <laughs> looking like bananas and pajamas looking like a nathan's hot dog <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> and on that note <laughs> Peace. Peace. <laughs> See y'all Take later. Care, guys. <laughs>